You're listening to the Resum Island Survivals, an audio project of the Imperma Research Institute at Lunda Uni. Generous funding was provided by the Laria T. Mushta Foundation and the Europe Endowment for Perma Renewal, proud sponsors of the Perma Listener Outreach Project, PLOP. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Resum Island Survivals. Today we will hear a tale that was written in Imperma 467. I've dated this quite precisely. Of course, I can be as precise as I need to be with a dating system that I myself have created. <laughs> but, all joking aside, this system actually works very well as a way of giving the survivals an organization that we can work with, especially in the absence of anything else. Ah, but we should mention that the Resumers did have a dating system of their own. The survivals are not organized randomly. In fact, it's my belief that they use the old Permian model, which surprisingly was not measured by ice growths. The ices had nothing to do with it. Their system began with a numerical measure for how long it takes the sun to move through the sky and then go under. Uh, I think we should leave that until we know a little more. Until we have a little more to say about it for our listeners. Now, <laughs> let us return to today's selection from the survivals. It tells the story of a woman named Beowenna, and she shares a rather sad tale that reminds us of the hardships of life during Imperma. I want to learn about Imperma, but I am ever aware that it was a difficult, horrible period in which to be alive. Dr. Huerto, can you describe for us what is unique about Beowenna's story? Of course. The story of Bea Winna is the most striking aspect of the survival, of course. But there's a second voice that you will notice. It's that of the Blurry Presber, ever my focus of study. In case you forgot from previous episodes, the Blurry Presber wasn't a real person who lived on Resum. He or she is a ritualistic figure that came to prominence by High Imperma on the island, a time when Resum culture and its story-gathering practices flourished. A resumer takes on the role, in costume, of the Blurry Presber and performs a ritualized interview with a new arrival to the island. But the Blurry Presber doesn't say much, does he? Or she? Uh, no. It's a very formal role designed to get the arrival, who they call the teller, to, well, tell their story by asking a standard set of questions. Most of the records of this type, which we informally label as the interviews, Begin with a variation of a preamble that reads something like, So I, wearing the face, become the blurry presber, so that I may the better welcome the teller. The handwriting varies a great deal, so we can assume that the role was ceremonial, and that it's likely that it rotated between a number of islanders. It also indicates that literacy, at least in the Resumer language, was widespread, perhaps even universal. That was not the case we know for many people during Imperma. We're learning more and more about this figure and what it means every day. I encourage anyone who has the opportunity to visit our museum here at the Institute to see the collection of masks and robes we've restored from the island. We are certain that at least three of them are in fact blurry Presber costumes that would have been worn by the Resumer when they took on the role. 
but still we know so little. Was playing the blurry presber a much sought after position? An honorific title? Or since so we think many resummers performed it, was it just the opposite of that? A sort of punishment? Good questions. I do know that, as we look at the survivals from High and Perma and on, it starts to look like the blurry presber is vetting the newcomer, the teller, about something. What that is, I cannot tell. At first, we assumed this was to protect themselves. But if that was the case, why did they draw people to their island in the first place? It seems that they had enough people and resources to survive, at least practically, without new blood, so to speak. And speaking of how people got to the island, Dr. Huerto, can you speak briefly about Reefsome Symbology? It's an area you are about to publish a paper in, correct? Yes, I am. Well, I lead a project that has uncovered a vast network of symbols, signs, hidden signals, all things we include in the Reesum symbology. These are the coded secret directions to the island that the Reesumers hid in places far from the island to lead people to it. They are extensive. Some have been found as far away as 500 kilos from the island itself. What was the purpose of this network of symbols and signs? I believe that resumers are trying to attract a certain type of person to the island. It's just a guess, but they wanted someone who had the skills required to notice and follow their secret directions hidden among the ruins of Imperma. It's almost as if all they were trying to get across was, if you're reading this message, then you are who we want on the island. Come now. We see that this theory matches up with what we learn in different survivals. I don't think many of those who made it to their shore, however, were aware that this, uh, this recruiting was going on, though. Bia, for example, clearly was in search of refuge, somewhere safe. She seems completely unaware of the type of community she has found and their interest in her. Mm, yes. We're quite fascinated by the way in which the Reesomers built a series of rituals, like the interviews around drawing people to their home. Here's what we know about one of those rituals. It centers around what Dr. Huerto and I call the story boxes. We'll look at them in more detail in later episodes, but for now, it is important for you to know that the story box was the site where the individuals who came to the island actually told their stories. Simple in shape and construction, we have recovered only one that was still intact. It is also on display in the Institute's museum. There were, we think, six of these located at different points on the island, all near the shore. Uh, uh, doctor. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Well, I suppose we should begin Bioena's story. Standing in the vision set forth by Blurry Presber, I now honor that promise and record Beowinna's story, who arrives as a teller on this, the fourth moon save two sons of winter. 
With the face of all faces, I listen to the moving noise that comes to the shore, so to better hear the story that adds and does not detract. So I record here, for the sake of the delightful harmony, the story of Beowinna. Can you write? I, uh, don't understand. If I make drawings like this, do they mean anything to you? It's the score, right? You're keeping score? Do you have a name? Yes. Bia. Who named you? Named me? Coach. Coach names everyone. How did you find this island? It was the plays you set, silly. I'm really good at reading plays, even though I'm not supposed to. Squad leader always tells us that plays are just for the helmets, not the cheerleaders. But I just couldn't help it. I was like, if there's a play that I see for even a second, then I'm totally going to get it. I can't help it. Should, should I do a cheer for Coach now? I totally forgot before speaking. I'm really sorry. I, I just forgot. I'm not feeling myself. I'm always good about it, I swear. It's just that everything's so weird right now. No, you don't need to do a cheer to Coach. We don't know of Coach here. But if it would help you feel more comfortable, please feel free to. Wait, are you opponents? No. If opponents are enemies, no. Coach says that anyone who isn't part of the team is an opponent out there. You are safe here. Continue telling me how you found the island. Okay. At first, I thought I was, like, totally losing my mind, you know? I kept seeing funny things that looked like plays back from, from back home. I was super low and feeling like garbage. I was pretty sure I had PT. I know only helmets get PT, but it must have felt like that. It was like I had been tackled like a gazillion times. Anyway, I'd see one of your plays on the wall and then another one made out of colored rocks. What did I have to lose? I was a loser after all and had nowhere to go. Couldn't get any worse, so I followed them. And every play that I found led me to another one. I just decided to believe that they were real after a while. I had nothing else to believe, you know? If you're not opponents, are you fans? No. Oh. Well, it's not like it matters. I'm kicked out of the squad. I'm not fit to cheer anymore. Coach kicked me off the team. time is up. Join us next time to hear the rest of Beowinna's story, when we learn just how she was outcast from her micro. I'd like to remind our listeners that micro refers to the many small civilizations that characterize Imperma. Yes. Good thinking. Stay warm, Perma.
Thank you for listening to the Resim Island Survivals. This was episode two of Cycle Two, Put Me in Coach. David Walker played Dr. Low Swell. John Barthelm played Dr. Nuya Huerto. Jen Ricos played Bia Winna. Eric Loy played the Blurry Presber. To listen to previous episodes of the Resim Island Survivals, look for us on iTunes or visit our website at resim.com chickadeeandcrow.com.